Oath Hermes podcast. Welcome to the world of the Western esoteric tradition. Hello, friends and listeners, and welcome to episode 3 of season 10 of the Thoth Hermes podcast. Today is Sunday, September 10, 2023, and I'm very glad to welcome you back. My name is Rudolf, I am your host, and I am going to make this intro a bit shorter than usual. Just telling you, there is a website, thoughtshermes.com. You all know that already. Welcome to those who are new to the show. And yes, please do all become patrons. We need your support. Yes, I'm doing this short because the episode is a bit long here today. And there's a good reason to that. Not only there is our main interview, which goes about anthroposophy, about elemental beings, and so on, with Dr. Thomas Meyer, who is my guest here today. You hear by his name, he is German, and you will hear it also by his nice accent. But I have also, as promised, the first little snippet, well, it's actually a 20-minute snippet, um, about music and its influence on us, on the esoteric, on how sound and music can Influences, And I have a 20-minute interview with a very interesting young artist, a young singer here from Austria, actually. Emrel is her name, and she will also provide the music here today. And, well, they have those two interviews, and that's why the episode is a bit longer than usual, and that's why I'm going to shut up in a minute and let Emrel come on first with her first piece of music. Let me just say a few things about that, um, because the piece we are going to hear in a minute is La Boyere. You know that maybe from other different interpretations, her interpretation, I find it wonderful, and it shows also the way she approaches music with a lot of personal input and sound Engineering, maybe I should call it like that. Maybe engineering is a bit a technical word. Of course, she uses technology and she will explain to us also how looping is being done, etc. But um, uh, it's, it's also much more intuition behind that. It's more intuition than technology. But you'll, you'll hear the mix. It's quite amazing. It's a nine-minute piece and let yourself fall in. And for those who don't like to listen to music here on the show, well... Sorry about that, but um, you can always jump and the markers are there. You can go to the interview right away. So just to make it clear, we have as a main interview here today, as announced, Thomas Meyer, who is my guest here today. And we will talk about anthroposophy, about elementals, his book about elemental beings and all that goes with it. And in the interval... Before the second piece of music, we will have an interview with that young artist, Embrel, who you are going to hear in a minute now, in a second even now, with her interpretation, her lengthy but highly interesting interpretation of that famous Qatar song, La Boyer, 
Those of you who are a bit into spiritual music have heard that song, I'm sure. All the others, it's about time to discover it. This I-O-U, the vowel sounds interrupted by this old French um, Catalan text. So highly interesting piece of music, highly interesting interpretation by Emrel. I'll let you go. Just listen to it and enjoy.
La Boyer, that famous song interpreted by MRL, who we are going to hear later on in an interview and, of course, with more of her music. It's been quite some time that I have wanted to do an interview about anthroposophy, that um, philosophical, occult, esoteric movement that uh, Rudolf Steiner has created. And of course, Rudolf Steiner, who I also know his work well, um, and he's been here and there in the interviews over the last six years, but uh, we've never really consecrated uh, an interview on his work and on what he has created. I don't think you can cover it all in one episode anyway, but this is a first and maybe we do something else at a later stage, also go more in-depth into anthroposophy. It's really worth it. Thomas Meyer is a highly interesting personality from Germany. You will hear it by his lovely accent. Um, he has written a book about elementals and elemental beings, which has been translated into English and been published by Inner Traditions. And of course, you will find all the links to that book and to his work also in the show notes on thoughthermes.com, as usual. And without further ado, I would like to now introduce you to Thomas Meyer and stay tight in the interval. We will have a long interval between the two halves of our talk here today because there's going to be a lot of more talk about music and sound. But now let's go and meet Thomas Meyer. Here comes the interview. It is my great pleasure here today to have on the Thought Hermes podcast Dr. Thomas Meyer, who I believe he's based somewhere between Switzerland and Germany, and you will hear it by his nice accent here today, um, that uh, we are basically speaking normally in German, but uh, today we are going to speak for our audience in English. Good evening, Dr. Meyer. It's a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, I, I live in both countries, in Switzerland and Germany. 
Yes, and you have a good reason for that, which uh, I believe is Dornach, but we speak about that in a, in a moment. Um, Dr. Meyer, the, the actual initiative that I took to have you on this podcast, and that dates already a year back before I took the break uh, in the podcast, was a book that appeared back then a year, a year and a half ago in English, a book that already existed in German before. And that book is called Answering the Call of the Elementals. And we are going to speak about that in the second half of our talk here today. But um, before we go into that, um, of course, your personal background, and you're going to explain that to us in a moment, is anthroposophy. And I am very happy to finally, after almost 160 episodes, we speak about that subject, which is also very dear to to me personally, because Rudolf Steiner has often been mentioned here on this podcast, but we never spoke about actually his teachings. So we will also speak about that quite a bit. Before all of that, would you please, Thomas, would you please tell us a bit about yourself, your background in that field, how you came into the world of the Geisteswissenschaft, uh, as it is called yeah. by Rudolf Steiner, and how it all happened, when it happened in your life? No, it's, it started in my youth, and I discovered the book um, of the, uh, How to Get Higher Knowledge from Rudolf Steiner, and uh, when I was 15 years old, and it was, uh, and it was, wow, it's possible mm -hmm. uh, to get real experiences in the spiritual world. I only have to develop my own uh, possibilities. It's uh, and it was, uh, and uh, that was one feeling. And I started with meditation and exercises, and the other feeling I had, oh, I, I can understand it with uh, what, what I read from Rudolf Steiner. I, I, it was solid. I, I get a spiritual fundament. And yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm a German. I came and, and I do not really have uh, Buddhistic teachers in my youth. They didn't appear. So I, I'm, um, I was grown up in, in our Western uh, cultural field and yeah and so it was un uh, really understandable for me what i read with rudolf steiner yeah and then it's a long long journey uh, now uh, after yeah 40 years more 44 years now i am teacher in anthroposophic and anthroposophic meditation together with my partner, partner Agnes. Mm -hmm. And uh, since 20 years, we offer around 40 weekends and weeks every year. We offer schoolings in, in the field of anthroposophic meditation and super sensible perception. Mm -hmm. So that's my main, main job. And I also um, wrote um, a lot of books about spiritual things, about the effects of the COVID vaccination about yes. elemental beings. On the other side, I uh, was um, I was quite active in the political field. So over uh, around 20 years, I was the manager of a movement in Germany for direct democracy. Right. Uh, to get to get the right of 
initiative from the referendum. So the Swiss democracy, direct democracy of, of the Swiss, that's uh, what we want to achieve. Yeah, that's the other side of my, my life. Okay, but it's an interesting combination. And I, if you want, tell us a bit why those things are for you in a way linked. I also think you wrote books about the maintenance of cash money as opposed to yes, only yes. electronic money, etc. So that's, these are all very political subjects, which, but which seem to interest many people who are also interested in the spirit world in general, in, the, in occultism, in the Western esoteric tradition. A, did you did you also make that experience? Is that true what I'm saying? And if so, um, why do you think is that? Uh, uh, sorry, I didn't get it. What 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 was your idea? When why do a lot of people who think spiritually, who who yes. have spiritual experiences, also? think in that same direction about direct democracy, about... Yes. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's, that, that, that's clear because direct democracy um, means that uh, I am sovereign I in, in my life. I am leading my life by myself together with the other. Uh, I do not follow in um, main... Uh, main um, Mainstream, or well, mainstream, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. And uh, and I would, uh, for me, it was always I'm uh, in my spiritual work. I want to, uh, I I was working to, yeah, strengthen my eye power to get more awake in the spiritual mm -hmm. world with my eye power. Okay. And and in the direct democracy, it was for me the same in the social field. For me, it was is direct democracy like the eye of a social um, organism? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I uh, is it clear? Ich. Uh, Yes, the eye of it's such a difficult word to translate because, of course, some people translate it with the I, other translate it with the self, other with the yeah. me, but it's very hard to really get it. Even in German, it's hard to, yeah. <laughs> but of course, Rudolf Steiner calls it the ich, the I, right? That's what yeah. he says about it. Yes. So it's not so the I for our listeners, not the I with which we look and see, not the E Y E I, but the I, just, just the I, the me, the self we're talking about here. Right. Um, yeah, and so it was, it was, in my feeling, it was really, uh, it was the same. Uh, mm -hmm. My uh, strengthening the I power in the spiritual field and strengthening the I power in the social field. Right. So, and, and and for me, it also comes. Um, um, it also comes together in the concrete campaigns I organized. I was uh, the manager of it's um, an initiative in Bavaria. It it was called Mehr Demokratie in Bayern. Mm -hmm. It was uh, it runs uh, 1995, and uh, over one million people signed the uh, collection of signatures those mm -hmm. that the question of the direct democracy is was coming to an, a referendum in Bavaria wow. so it was uh, quite a, a successful story um, and uh, we um, it, and it was is the reason why we now have in Bavaria the right of initiative and referendum in the 
on the local field, as in, in villages and so on. Mm -hmm. And my starting point was, I, I really uh, can, it, it, it was um, a very deep experience. My starting point was I, um, that I um, perceived the energy of uh, angels flowing flowing from the heaven to earth. Mm -hmm. And this energy was the idea of this initiative. So right. I, when I thought to the initiative and go went in meditation, then it changed to this, yeah, flowing uh, strong power of angels coming to earth, and that was my starting point. Why I moved from from Bonn to Munich, it was my motivation point. Why uh, in the uh, two years organi organizing the campaign. Ah, okay. So what I wanted to tell for me uh, is is not spirituality and politics. It was uh, it, uh, it really comes together. Right, interesting. Well, you don't have the feeling that it often comes together nowadays when we see what the political field often does and how they how they act. It's a pity, actually. But um, I wanted to ask you. You you said that you are teaching uh, anthroposophic meditation. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, of course, many of our listeners and everybody who is seriously working in the field of the Western tradition in spirituality needs to do meditation to 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 focus, to to bring to control the mind and whatever. Um, but what is the particularity? How would you explain what is the particularity of anthroposophic meditation? How is it different from yoga meditation or from other types of meditation that we all know? What's the particularity of it? Yeah, I would I would say is um, it's always focusing our in, um, um, awareness and um, and deepening the perception. And we, um, because uh, if we meditate, we are always uh, perceive parts of the spiritual world. We, we are mm -hmm. always perceiving spiritual beings. Mm -hmm. But um, we have to be aware that we are going contact with spiritual beings in meditation. If we mm -hmm. do not have it in our sp um, mental concept, we could not perceive them. Yeah. And uh, that means um, um, we think, I think meditation is encountering um, the um, energy of angels, is encountering um, that people, is encountering nature beings. And if we, uh, and if we are aware of that, then uh, it could happen. And yeah, perhaps it's perhaps that's one one main idea. Right. But I think uh, um, if you are medit if you are meditating, uh, it, it, uh, you have more similarities uh, with other meditating styles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. But but when you're saying that that you have to know that you are in contact with those beings yes. um, in order to be able to perceive them actually right that that's uh, one of the basic 
teachings as I see it, but please correct me uh, if I'm wrong, of Rudolf Steiner himself. So um, he basically, at a very early stage, when you start reading him, we always come across that saying that we all live in a world which is part of also the spirit world, but our organs, our perception is no longer focused on that. We, with our five senses, we are not focused on those other worlds, to, to give it a name. And we have to train our senses, also the beyond the five senses, to, to perceive it in order to actively take part in it. Is that, is, would, you, would you say I'm expressing that correctly? Yeah, yeah, it, it, that's the idea. That's, that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a focus of our work. Right. But it, it's a long, that's a long, uh, um, a long journey. It certainly is. Yes, yes, yes. And um, you are you are doing those courses live with people, or are you also yeah, doing them live. online? Yeah. Only live, yes. No, only live, only live, because um, it's quite important, really, to meet personally, and also it's quite important the social uh, the social field which is created if the people come together. So it is, is a, is a warmth of, of the contact. It's so because if you, uh, it, you really uh, have to create a, a social field that the spiritual world can react. Mm -hmm. And it's not, uh, it's not our style with, with online courses because, uh, right. we, because we, we, the people come together, we, we move together. We are three days together. We are eating together. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it's so um, it's not possible with online courses and we more uh, and we like also more to to really to to um, offer courses uh, in a week and uh, and and mm -hmm. with fixed groups groups of people so that they meet over two years the same people come together because okay. that's really creates power So you need really dedicated people who, who are yeah. willing to do that as well. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not talking about online now here, but when you say the social field, I understand what you mean. Maybe you could explain that a little bit further, what exactly you mean by the social field. But um, there is always that big question in spiritual work, um, if it is better to do it for yourself as a solitaire as a as on your own or in a group also in occult groups also in uh, magical orders etc you have those people who say no i want to do my work learn and le get it all by myself others who say i need the group to develop i cannot do this on my own Do you see that both things are possible and or do you think one needs that social field, as you name it, or others call it the egregore or whatever you name it, um, to to develop your spirituality? What's your point on that? I have no uh, special idea because it depends uh, who you are. Mm -hmm. So. It, it 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 really depends, and normally you uh, you uh, are alone at home, mm -hmm. and then uh, once a month you you are meeting some other guys, <laughs> so yeah. some other people. That, that's a reality, and mm -hmm. 
but on the other side only to work alone it's uh, it's it's a big problem because you need motivation and also you need you, you it's important to get feedback from the others uh, so it's also if people uh, really work uh, with super sensible perceptions for me it's uh, quite important that they uh, could work uh, with other people together with other uh, science, spiritual scientists together. Mm-hmm. If someone is not uh, willing to share his experience and to work with uh, other spiritual people together, then there is a problem. Team, yeah. teamwork, teamwork is quite uh, is, is is a basic for spiritual research, in my view. That's a very interesting point because when I hear that, I think when you are always working alone, especially in that contact with spiritual worlds and widening your perception, you run into the danger to to perceive things and interpret them in your own way and without control by somebody else, without somebody else telling you, "No, come on, this is not this is not the way it is." Or I don't know if you understand what I mean, but um, I, it can be dangerous for the solitaire when he has nobody beside him who, who acts. I don't want to use the word control. I don't like the no, word. No, I'm looking for the word. You get a correction. A so correction, exactly. So I had a special uh, spiritual experience and then I'm asking her, what was it? What was it? <laughs> I think I think it was I think it was an angel. So I and then I share it with a colleague. It was and uh, with a colleague and uh, we meditate the same and I wanted to show him and he said, no, 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 it, it, it's a special kind of elemental beings. You are wrong. Uh, Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's only an example, and uh, and it's quite important to uh, to share such ex- such experiences. Mm-hmm. And you beco- uh, and um, that's a, a, a scientific working, spiritual scientific working. Right. I come to that term in a moment. Um, but uh, what is the pupil or student? teacher relationship in your anthroposophic meditation is it is the teacher part of the group on the same level or is he more like uh, really the teacher who 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 acts from a bit from above to to the student yeah there are different styles uh, i only can speak about our style yeah well that's what we talk about yes it's, it's a big uh, uh, scene it's a big scene with different people and different sure. styles no, I, I, we, we really try uh, to stay on the same le- same level with the mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and and all, and we also um, need to uh, have contact with them and eat with them and speak with them on a normal way, because um, then uh, that is also nourishing uh, us. <laughs> Your own, yeah, exactly. Our own, and we also are looking that uh, that a lot of group working between the people. Um, mm-hmm is possible we organize it so mm-hmm. uh, of course we organize it we are leading the group sure. of course sure and you have the experience but, of course I'm as well a, yeah. i'm not a guru that's, yeah. that's, uh, <laughs> i'm afraid i'm afraid of this uh, position because it's it's a horrible position because if you go in such a position you get 
so uh, a lot of astrology and uh, it's I'm not free. So I want to, to skip away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I, I almost asked you with that word, guru, if it's if if uh, it is free of guruism, so to speak, because I, I that's exactly the feeling when I hear you speak. And it's interesting that you are confirming that now. Yeah. yeah. You were mentioning and coming back to that term now twice or three times. And of course, me being a German speaker, I know where that comes from. Uh, you were mentioning spiritual science. That's the translation of that word Geisteswissenschaft, right? Yeah. And that's the official translation as well. Um, and it rings, of course, a bell because that's the way Rudolf Steiner calls anthroposophy, names anthroposophy. He more often talks about Geisteswissenschaft than about anthroposophy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also like Geistesforschung. Yeah, Geistesforschung, that would be the research in the spiritual, in spiritual world or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I like, I would like you to, to explain a bit now that we speak a bit about anthroposophy in more in general terms, why spiritual science? What, what this link of spirituality of, and science is something that I find very interesting in the terminology and of course in what it yeah. means. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I will try it. Um, if uh, the main idea of Rudolf, or, or idea of Rudolf Steiner was to use the methods of um, scientific working in the spiritual field. Mm -hmm. It means uh, to work with the same uh, exact height. Um, yeah, it's the same precision. And, yeah, yeah. Precision yeah. like uh, if, uh, in, in the nature science, this is uh, mm -hmm. also in the spiritual field. Right. And, also, and, uh, and that's a big thing because in our days, um, the, the science um, is only nature science, material science, and they have captured it. Mm -hmm. So that's a big, that's a big thing. Uh, they, the materialistic thinking has captured our universities. True, and, yes. Uh, but we... Uh, Yeah, I have our spiritual, uh, our spiritual realm, our soul realm, and our matter realm. And matter is only one part of it. So, right. <laughs> and, right. it, and if you are only looking to the matter, it's not science. It's mm -hmm. a, a materialistic religion, a materialistic Aberglaube, a belief yes. system. Yes. It's not, it has nothing to do with science. If you want to work scientific, you have to uh, do a research on all levels. So yeah. that, that, that's, that's uh, um, the main idea. And that's mm -hmm. why we use uh, spiritual science. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and otherwise, it becomes dogmatic if you do only the materialistic side, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mm -hmm. on the other side, uh, we it, it's not it, it's not a belief system, uh, mm -hmm. because uh, uh, if if, I, if we perhaps only one example are looking, how is the life after that? Then, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's not so. I know it. So is it? No, I have to look. And I has to go in contact with concrete souls and look 
what are they doing in the life after that? And and I have to get real death. I have to get real experiences of mm -hmm. their situation. Yeah. So it it's like um, it, it, it is it clear what I mean. It's not I, a I think so. It is clear to me. I know a bit about anthroposophy, but I think it's clear to everyone. Yes. Yeah. And that that is meant with spiritual mm -hmm. science, yeah. also to work out of the perception. Absolutely. Now, I mentioned uh, in the beginning of this talk that you live partly in Switzerland, in Dornach, I think it is. Yep. And of course, Dornach is, um, until today, is the place where Rudolf Steiner built his Goetheanum, as it's called, the big center. It became for anthroposophy worldwide and um, uh, where also until today the, the center of the movement is, is located. Um, can you maybe just explain a little bit what, what uh, people who would be interested find in Dornach, what it, what it means to be there and how it, how it feels? Oh, that's a, that's a question. <laughs> It's a big question. I, I know. You know, I was born in Basel, which is about 10 kilometers apart. Yeah, yeah. So uh, okay. that's why I, I know I know a bit the background. Yeah. yeah. So in Dornach, in Dornach, there is a Goetheanum. It's a big a big building, organic architecture, and there are a lot of other houses in orga in organic architecture. It's quite nice. Now, what and, is orga organic architecture? That's that's I think something uh -huh. we should explain. With uh, Uh, around it, it's round it's moving it's not uh, it's not uh, 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 quarter yeah square. it takes it takes the it takes the shape from nature more would, yes, would you yes, explain that, that? That, is that is the best explanation mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it also and it also wanted um, uh, that the life energies uh, you could feel in the architecture Yeah, so it's, it should it should be yeah, moving more like plants, more like plants. And, and I think also one of his sayings was that the building should by its outside show what it is meant to be. So a school should have a different look than a peop, uh, than a house where you live in. Or yeah. when you think in Donnach, there is this, the, this Heizhaus where the heating yeah. of the Gödianum is. Right. It has a very typical shape. Uh, which shows from the outside what it is meant to be, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, and in this, in this uh, sur surrounding, a lot of big conferences are happen, mm -hmm. and uh, from, uh, teachers, farmers, and so on. Uh, the whole year there are conferences, and a lot of uh, people who are working with anthroposophy are living in the surrounding. Mm -hmm. the, Uh, th that's Donna, yes. yeah. and uh, but you have also to know that the anthroposophic scene. Uh, there are a lot of different styles. Okay. There are a lot of people who are more intellectual, and um, and on the other side, there are also people who uh, really can perceive the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, but uh, but also these different streams in the anthroposophic scene not really comes together. <laughs> we, we, are we are living uh, on different planets, also in the anthroposophic scene. Yeah, I it's see. Really important, it's important uh, to know that you can, uh, you will, you will meet the people you wanted to meet. I see what you mean. Yes, yeah, 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 and and that's certainly very true. Um, when you 
meet a young or not so young person who would be interested in anthroposophy, um, what would you um, suggest to that person where to start? Would it be with a particular book by Rudolf Steiner? Would it be with something else? But where, where, if you said, look, I, I have the feeling that's something for me, but I don't know about it enough. What would you say such a person to such a person? Oh gosh, it, but it also depends on the person and, and the interest. But, <laughs> but if someone if someone wanted to read something, I would say he should uh, read um, the book uh, the Theosophy of the Rosencrucian. Okay, it's the Theosophy of the Rosencrucian. So that's the yes. Theosophy des Rosenkreuzes in the German original, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. And, the Theosophy uh, of the uh, Rosicrucians, yes. Mm -hmm. And it's a book with lectures of Rudolf Steiner in the earlier times. Yes. And these lectures um, are, um, yeah, are quite lively. It's better to read uh, Rudolf Steiner's lectures because they are more lively. If the mm -hmm. books he wrote, he wanted, it, it's an, often another style. It's a little bit um Yeah, you, need, you need to get into it for a while. You need yes, to read yes. 20 pages to, to get the, the rhythm and the style. Yeah. So, and in this book, he, he, he gives an overview about a lot of uh, his spiritual research, about um, karma, about about Atlantic, about uh, Akasha Chronic, and so on. You really get an overview what what it could be. Yes. And of course, we should point out that uh, most of the books are translated into English. Most of the yeah. books by Rudolf Steiner are. Yeah. And also lots of them can be found in an English Rudolf Steiner archive, even online. And and I will that might be help for some people who are interested. So I yeah. will also in the show notes for this episode, I will, of course, put the link to that Rudolf Steiner archive in English language uh, into into the show notes, because I think it's it, it's important to give people a hand to find their way. Um, you mentioned those books, those they are those big five books, which also are rather early works, which he really wrote himself, which were not the, the, um, the philosophy der Freiheit, the philosophy of freedom or of liberty um, is certainly a key work of his. Um, would you suggest somebody read that as well? Not everyone. Not everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it must be, it must, it must be a, have an interest for philosophy. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it, it's not as uh, the, or if, but if someone really wants to go into thinking and philosophy, then it, it's it's a good book. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, also Steiner went to different um, uh, dig, um, parts. He, he started as um, Goethe forscher. Mm -hmm. uh, Wolfgang Goethe. He, he Uh, Rudolf Steiner was an uh, editor mm -hmm. of uh, Nature Science of uh, Goethe. Exactly. In Germany, he, 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 this was at the time when he did it rather less known by the audience that Goethe, yeah, yeah. that the famous Goethe had written not only plays and, 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 and novels, but also very natural science oriented yeah. papers. And he collected them in the first, uh, academically, so, and, and, yeah. and made an edition of it. Yes. 
and in uh, and our, in this time he also writes a book philosophy of freedom yeah and uh, and it's a quite spiritual book but mm. but it's in the frame uh, frame of uh, f- uh, philosopher thinking yes so and and in this time he could it was not possible for Rudolf Steiner to speak about his spiritual experiences directly because he had no ears nobody yeah. no, nobody want to hear it he also felt quite alone in this mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and um, when he uh, moved to Berlin then he met the people of the um, theosophic uh, the, yeah theosophic yeah. society yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. and and they were interested Right in in that what what, uh, what he um, had to say, and then he speaks uh, with the words of the theosophy society. So he talks over, but it, uh, it uh, it's the same like a philosophy of freedom, but in another total other world, in other framework. Absolutely, and he met in Berlin. Of course, he met also people like Theodor Reuss. Um, who then later on, on a completely different level on what it is today, uh, created the OTO, the Ordo Templi Orientis. And Steiner also had contact with the Memphis Misray Masonic system at the time. Uh, uh, But at some point, and I mentioned that to you before we started uh, the interview, I don't know, maybe you can tell me where he said that and tell it to our audience, especially where he said that, because it's interesting to this podcast where we speak about the Western tradition. He said, Theosophy is very interesting, but I have to create my own school because I want to know more about the Western system before I deal with the Eastern, before, because that's where I come from. And I want to know that first before I can understand something else. Um, is that is that something that is key to anthroposophy? Yes, yes, that, uh, that that's a um, point of anthroposophy. It, anthroposophy seems themselves as yeah um, a Western occult movement, mm-hmm. and uh, on and a movement uh, and uh, also with working with uh, uh, mental powers we have developed in our Western society. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- that is quite important. We are working with the power of thinking, yes. but not, uh, but in a spiritual way, because uh, you can use the power your, the power of thinking in the meditation, and then and you can use it uh, to get uh, to go in contact with spiritual beings. And also, you need the power of thinking. Um, to to look into the akasha chronic without yeah. it it, uh, it it's not easy yes. so you can reach another level that, that is a, a discovering i made with anthroposophy the akasha chronicle that's where we will carry on in about 12 25 minutes from now because now we have an interview with Emrel. Emrel, that musician that you heard with her great interpretation of La Boyer in the beginning of the show. And, uh, well, we're going to talk to her about that what will be from time to time the topic of this season about sound and the effects of sound and music on human beings, on 
how you can transform also your occult work with sound, etc. I do that because I find it an important experience and I, of course, through my profession and through my personal experience, I know a little bit about it and um, I would like to share that more with you. I hope you like it. And anyway, we're going to speak to Emerald. Just to tell you, after our talk, which lasts approximately 20 minutes, um, we will hear an example of what she explains in that interview, which is looping. Looping she has done herself with one recording device that she practically starts with one voice and with one tune and then that tune goes into a loop and she adds a second melody on top of that first loop and then the third and the fourth and so on. It's quite amazing that technology she uses here and especially artistically how she fits her voice each time again into that loop perfectly. Um, Elven Realms is that is called the piece that she will do after the interview immediately. And after those Elven Realms, we go back to the Elemental Realms. And I think that's quite a nice fit, the Elves and the Elementals. And so after the interview with Emrel and that piece, that looping that he does, Elven Realms, we go back to Thomas Meyer for the second part of our main topic interview of this show on Anthroposophy and Elementals. And, um, well, of course, we'll finish again with music. After the interview with Thomas Meyer, Emrel will bring us that tune, which was one of her first that she published on YouTube, Elven Star. Of course, all of you know that piece from The Lord of Rings. Who has not seen it? Um, it's Even Star. Why did I say Elven Star? Even Star, it's called. Sorry about that, you all you Lord of the Rings fans. So now... This is Emerald. Hello, it's great to have you with us and um, good evening and welcome on the Soul Service podcast. Hello, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having uh, me. Of course, great. And I'm sure people loved what they just heard. Um, I did when I first discovered it and uh, I thought, uh, and now I'm going to tell people here a bit of secret, that I will be doing a series of um, interviews and talks and also personal input about soundscaping, about sound uh, and its effects on on the human being, on the spirit of the human being, on, on the well-being of the human being. And uh, well, I thought our talk here could be a kind of intro to that and your music is a perfect example of what I am talking about. So um, Emrel, let we ask you, um, how did this come to you? Was it something that you wanted to do from a very early age maybe on? Or was it when you started doing your musical um, career that it came up suddenly? Or how did it all start for you? Mm, yeah, I have to go back a little bit. I was always musical, always singing from a very young age. Um, yeah, also in the classical music world, kind of. And then there was a break where I stopped singing altogether, which was right. the start of my spiritual journey. Like when I was a teenager, um, I stopped singing for, you know, different reasons, uh, which brought me in contact at a very young age with my spiritual 
journey, so to say, 15 years. Um, that's when, my, yeah, the spiritual journey started. And um, yeah, it was, it took a quite a, a lot of, a long time, quite a few years until I got back into music um, and into singing. And yeah, I would describe it like I have two wings. One is the spirituality, one is the music. So mm -hmm. it started very classical, normal. Then it went on to the spiritual path for quite a few years. And then I got back into music. So this is where, mm -hmm. this is, this is where it came together. You know? um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, this, this separation can't have been for very long because you're still very young. So <laughs> uh, um, um, uh, I remember, or no, I don't really remember, to be honest, but um, what I've said people here once or twice is that uh, only at a very late stage in my life, so when I was 40, 45, I realized that when I was 15, 17, 18, that the way I was working in music then, that's when I started professionally in the music world, um, had something very spiritual to do. So I, it was a very instinctive way of using music and of working with mm. music, etc. But I didn't know at the time. Do you uh, yeah. also make that experience or is that different for you? Hmm. Yeah, because I was so young back then, I... Like when I started at six, at seven, singing in a choir right. and mm. I wasn't, I think I was maybe a bit too young to distinguish between what mm -hmm. is spiritual, what is not. I mean, I was brought up very Catholic in church, so it always was right. a spiritual part to it, uh, like a religious part, I would say. So yeah. that was always connected to the music. So yeah. yeah, when my spiritual personal journey started, I, you know, drifted away from church more and more to find my own path, to find my own connection to what is, what is spirituality even, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And I went very, mm -hmm. very deep. Um, and yeah, like the, the connection between the two worlds, I would say it came later at a later point, mm -hmm. consciously for mm -hmm. me, yeah. Did you develop your style, um, your style of making music all by yourself or did you have external influences um, or is that a genuine MRL uh, style that you would create? <laughs> well, I'd say, well, the, the music that I started making um, is mostly like covers, cover songs of uh, music that inspired yeah. me, like a lot of Lord of the Rings, for example. Um, yes. Or mm -hmm. just music that I feel has a deep message or like a, a true, true core. Like when I see lyrics that I feel very connected to, that, that would be music mm -hmm. that I wanted to cover and make my own version of. Um, or, yeah, just beautiful music. I always wanted to make just beautiful mm -hmm. music. Didn't matter the genre so much, but always just something beauty beautiful, something ethereal, mm -hmm. something that would touch people in a very deep way. Um, yes. So, yeah, of course, I had influences, like just music that inspired me. But other right. than that, like I didn't have like a specific teacher or, or like other outside influence that would like mm -hmm. guide me in mm -hmm. that way. No. Yeah, you were also or still are a flutist, right? Not yes, just yes. singing. Yeah, yeah when yeah, I stopped yeah, singing, yeah. I was kind of hiding behind the flute a bit because with an instrument, okay. it's not that immediate. Like yes. my, my first singing teacher, she said that um, singing is striptease of the soul. 
Um, and that mm, stuck with me bad, ever yes. since. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, 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 yeah. absolutely. Uh, but funny enough, um, flute. I was a flutist as well. Funny enough, I was oh, a singer really? and a flutist as well. Oh. And um, I think the the flutes, the the the, the, the queer flute, as yes, we call it, German, mm-hmm. people might have now realized that we both are Austrians because by our yes. <laughs> tiny little accents. So, of mm-hmm. course, the background that we have culturally that you just mentioned is a bit similar, right? But um, that the flute is an in, is the instrument which is closest to the human voice in yes. in the classical instrument uh, section right yes yes would you also say that yes very much so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. but then you came from covering to creating your own stuff your own especially meditation music meditative music um how did that happen and what is what do you want to do with that? What What is it for you? What do you want to create for people? Mm, yeah, I started something called live looping. So you mm-hmm. record your own voice and play it in a loop. And then you can sing on top of that loop and then on top of mm-hmm. that. So it creates this spheric sound, um, sounds that you can just create out of nothing with your own voice. Which, makes which is quite easy. amazing. We're going to hear an example of that <laughs> later on in the show. Yeah, that's, I find that quite an amazing uh, um, technique that you use there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's um, yeah, especially in that way that, because it makes it easy to be very spontaneous, to not mm. sing like any sheet music or notes or a specific song that you studied and learned which also has its beauty of course like I come from a classical background I also studied at music university so I always was very much like learn a song play the song <laughs> sing the song mm-hmm. like the two albums that I recorded it was all music like cover songs that I or like classical music that I just, you know, learned and recorded. Right. So now I felt this need to do something where I could express more freely and let inspiration just come through me spontaneously, where I don't prepare anything, I don't study anything. Because for me, music also, yeah, as you said, it's meditation in a way, or it can be yeah. used for meditation mm-hmm. or getting in touch with your own self with your true self so that is always my aim when i when i create uh, may i interrupt you here because you said yeah. something and i would i would like to be more insisting here yes. is it is music is meditation or can it be used for meditation what is it for you uh, I, I mean that makes a difference doesn't it you you ask uh, me personally or what do i think in general because well for you personally first for me yes personally. okay mm. hmm, that's a good question i think both it can be if you have the intention to use it for meditation it definitely can be that but it can also be light-hearted just expressing some joy or a mm-hmm. moment or whatever i feel it depends on the moment also um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when I sit down to record something, for me, it's always about, I call it meditation now because that's, you know, a word everybody is familiar with. Uh, You could call it other things. But yes, for me, that would always be the aim. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a difference when you listen to something and use Mm -hmm. the music you listen to and let let it have an effect on you as opposed to making the music yourself and expressing something with what you're doing with your voice is that is that what you mean by it yeah you could also say it like that yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It de- depends on the on the you know mood or the purpose. For example, sometimes I just want to dance, and then I listen to different music, electronic music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you could also say that's meditation too, because for me, dancing is also a form of meditation, actually. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. And transposing sound into movement is something yes. very particular, right? Yeah, but right. it would open right. up a different, like a, a big question about is, is everything meditation? Like you could, you know, you could ask <laughs> <laughs> dancing, eating, um, speaking. Yeah. Exactly. Of course, yes. Well, when you do your your videos, um, and I will of course link your channel on the show notes of, of our of our episode here today, so people can have a look for themselves. Um, but mostly, though, you do those videos in surroundings that are either nature um, mm. or in a kind of meditative surrounding, if I if I may say. Uh, so. Of course, that's intentional. This would be a stupid question to ask that. But um, uh, uh, how much does nature play a role for you in making music, in experiencing music? Mm-hmm. Um, is the natural surrounding uh, something that makes it easier for you or is it, or is it just a background? No, it plays a big role. Um, like the videos, I'm also a videographer. I do my own music videos and they are just as important as the music. I feel like... The both of them together is what I want to create. Um, mm-hmm. this, this, the the con, the mixture or the the the, the symbiosis <laughs> of both of them mm-hmm. because images also really penetrate our human spirit, our human mind. Beauty yes. is something that we lack. I feel more and more in this world. If you look at mm-hmm. arch- modern architecture or modern music, like just beauty is something that is timeless. I feel, and that's what I always. I don't know, feel like creating and nature mm. is, you know, timeless beauty and nature inspires Example me a lot. itself. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yes. And of mm-hmm. course also, yeah, spiritual. It's about harmony actually, what you mean, right? Yes. About yes. Being, yes. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, when when you started in music and I don't mean exactly as a child, but when do you started making your own music maybe professionally let's put it that way right um was that always the case because when when you go to a music university like we both did we know that you are going to meet not just harmonic music you're going to meet all kinds of also Mm -hmm. very contemporary music in uh, um but of course it has an effect on you as well did you experience that as well or did you never really want to go into that field of I don't want to call it non-harmonic because that wouldn't be wouldn't be the right expression, and we are not talking a, among a bunch of musicians here. But if you go into twelve-tone music, for example, mm-hmm. or other kinds of systems, free free um, tonality, is that something that hinders meditation for you, or will it be possible in a different way there? Hmm, interesting question. So I, you know, was lucky or. Yeah, lucky to study classical music, so classical singing, which is, you know, Mozart, very harmonic music, Mm -hmm. which I enjoy. So personally, I haven't had so much experience with singing different styles of music in that way. I mean, I experiment a lot with different styles, of course, but I mean, I can say that I was at the Salzburger Festspiele um, last Mm -hmm. year and um, happened to be in a very modern 
piece of music. And I didn't know that mm -hmm. before, <laughs> actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can just say it was not, it was the opposite of meditation. It was very, mm -hmm. to me, very disturbing. So disharmonic, right. very disharmonious. So I know that's a topic that just divides opinions and people. Of so course, we are yes. not going to go sure. into that. I can just talk yeah. from my own experience. It was... Mm -hmm. Like I felt in my energy field or in my just mood that it was not supporting peace and harmony or meditation in within mm -hmm. my being. So that's what I'm going to say to that. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. No, I mean, it's the intention that is behind the music. And that's, of course, an important, an important matter. That's why I was asking this. Yeah. Um, This looping, can you, did you did you create that with a special technology? I guess so. You have a special recording device which does that automatically, or do you? Uh, yeah. I find that fascinating. Really, uh, sorry to insist on that, but I no, find no. it really fascinating. No, of course. Um, I mean, I did not come up with that myself. Um, there are other sure. people who mm. are doing looping in very different styles and ways. There's programs for that. Um, mm -hmm. I found. A program that's actually very very cool because you can uh, have it on your phone and it's very intuitive right. to use and you know when I go out in nature I sit in the forest I can just you know have my phone <laughs> and right. uh, it's very practical in that way and um, yeah you can just use that uh, to so it's to make it clear to our audience it's done on the recording on the spot not by post-production it, it's the looping You hear the loop already when you sing the second, when you do the second voice run, the third voice run, etc. You hear what you have done before directly live, right? Not okay, a connection. Now I've lost bad. You. I only heard the last one. No, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Right, I'm let back. Me repeat. <laughs> yeah, okay, let me repeat, yeah, repeat that the question. question. Um, yeah. So the recording immediately creates that loop it's not post-production you when you do the recording you hear the first loop when you're doing the second and you hear the first two when you're doing the third run etc it's live right so to speak yes yes exactly that makes it very you know there's no editing no post editing there's no way for me to edit my voice or the pitch or anything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, which can be a bit daunting you know but that's what i love about it <laughs> because Yeah. It's immediate, it's real, it's raw. There's nothing yeah. artificial yeah. about it. Um, yeah. I mean, you kind of have a bit of effect, you know, a bit of uh, an echo or reverb, of course. Um, but yeah, there's no post-editing. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's a fascinating technology. And we are, as I said, we're going to hear a bit later here in the show, we're going to hear a piece that you recorded in that way. Well, Emerald, before we have to leave, I want to say two things. First, I think we're going to meet here again when I go a bit longer into with into those details with you, when I will be doing my episodes, several episodes on sound and its effect on people and what we could do with it. Um, also from hermetic point of view, etc., etc. Um But before uh, we know more about that, let us let you tell us what your plans are. What are your next plans, new, new releases maybe within the next few weeks or um, anything that you would like to tell our audience they should know about you? Mm. 
Yeah, so the next uh, video that I'm planning, I'm also getting a new camera so that the quality is even better. Um, yeah, I'm gonna do a little Lord of the Rings um, song for anyone who is into this kind of uh, fantasy ethereal mm -hmm. music. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, again in the forest. Um, but in terms of future, I'm actually gonna dip my toes into electronic music. That's what my okay. next projects are gonna be. Um, trying to merge like ethereal sounds, elvish or even classical sounds with electronic music. Because as I said, for me, this also dancing to good music can really kind of put you in a trance or meditative state. So, which involves the body, which is very, you know, I've discovered in last couple months and years to be very, yeah, very beneficial. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what, yeah, my, my, my plans for the future are. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, we'll keep an eye on that, definitely. Um, well, thank you for being with us here today. And um, I once again invite our audience to go on your YouTube channel and uh, or on your website, of course, both will be linked here and uh, discover MRL more even than with those three songs we can play here in the show. <laughs> um, it's really worth it. And uh, thanks again for being with us. Emerald. Thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure to be You're here. You're very welcome. <laughs> Bye now. Bye.
The Akasha Chronicle, of course, the one that you mentioned, which is kind of the recording of the thinking uh, of the spiritual worlds of all time, right? Yes, yes. Is that the correct definition? Yeah, Yeah. all all happenings uh, has an input in the Akasha Chronicle. Mm -hmm. So you also could you could you could go to a to a uh, to a place and then. try to go into the historic levels of the place and you can ask uh, um, is is power of the middle age in the place is power of the old, old uh, roman time in the place when uh, mm-hmm. you are in the field of the akasha chronic yeah 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 there's a very akasha of course is a is a is something that the eastern tradition knows very well as a term but they use it a yeah. bit differently of course from from anthroposophy and steiner who who has a very particular uh, um where it has a very particular yeah. meaning yeah. you just of said course, something which and, uh, and uh, but rudolf steiner also uh, sees this movement in the stream of the western esoteric traditions yes of, of, Rosi, or, uh, of the Rosicrucian tradition yeah. or, uh, or the Graal's tradition that's a western stream so the holy grail and, and, and rosicrucianism is, is very is very present in his in his thinking yes 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 mm-hmm. it's, um, you also can say it's it's a modern uh, modern version of the rosicrucian impulse right that rosicrucianism my come to that still in a moment. Um, I have one question and then about Rosicrucianism and then we have to go into your book finally. But um, 
You said, and I find that very interesting, you said the Western esoteric tradition, but you also said anthroposophy is a Western occult system, right? And how would you, for you personally, how would you define occultism in that context? Yeah, I would say occultism is um, what is hidden. That mm -hmm. means what is behind the um, curtain. <laughs> a spiritual so, curtain, right? It's a spiritual curtain. What what is mm -hmm. behind? So what is not uh, what is not on the surface? If I look uh, out of the, um, so if if I if I'm if I'm looking uh, if, uh, if uh, perhaps to the um, trans transhumanistic uh, movement mm -hmm. so, on the surface, transhumanistic movement and some ideas and so on, but if I ask which uh, spirits are behind, uh, which uh, fallen angels are behind, then I'm in the occult sphere. That's my definition. Right. Because it's hidden. It's not on the surface. I yeah. have to do something to, and to see it. Most of those schools, at least in the West, but I believe also in the East, um, they ask from the student when they start, the first thing you have to do is get to know yourself. So the yeah. famous Gnosis Auton, the famous uh, Kennedy Selbst, get to know yourself first. Would you say that is also exactly like that in anthroposophy? Yeah, of course, of course. I think it's in every uh, uh, spiritual schooling, you have to start by uh, get uh, knowledge of yourself and, exactly. and, you always, and you always have to start to work with your uh, shadows, with your old karma. Uh, you have to, uh, that's a starting point. Biographical work is also a big part of that, right? Yes, 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 it's a big part. Otherwise, it's not possible really to come in contact with the spiritual world because if you do have not transformed your shadows, you um, you will stuck in your shadow. Mm -hmm. But you have uh, you have, so that it's the same as in in anthroposophy, of course. Right. I wonder one thing. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I personally work a lot with hermetic in the hermetic field uh, where it is very important that you accept the fact that and you mentioned shadows that's why it comes to my mind that you accept that everything has two sides which need each other in order to find what is called the neutralization of the binary in, in hermeticism so that the two sides can be neutralized by a third thing, which then develops and goes further. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's the idea. Mm -hmm. um, it does anthroposophy also stress the fact that you always have to see both sides. Talk about the personality. You spoke about the dark side. We mm -hmm. all like to be only bright people. I mean, bright in the sense of good people. But of course, all of us, we have a dark side in us. Everybody does. Um, is that an important matter in anthroposophy to accept both sides of all things? Yeah, of course. Of course, that's um, uh, in, in the center of the Goethe Arnung in Dornach. There is um, uh, called a representative of the human uh, humanity, Menschheit's representant. Okay. It's a big sculpture, nine nine meter high, uh -huh. and 
uh, on one side, uh, Rudolf Steiner called it, uh, call it the Luciferic spirits. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. On the other side, the Arimanic spirits. Right. And what is it? The Arimanic spirits are the spirits of the materialism. Mm -hmm. The Luciferic uh, spirits, yeah, it's it's uh, are the spirits of egoism, and and you you can say you also could say okay, Arimantic spirits that's a hell, Luciferic spirits uh, is a heaven, but it's uh, but uh, the main point is in the middle there is, is a, a representative of Christ, a human with Christ energy, and he mm -hmm. has to balance both sides. Right, right, and that is and that is the main point. You always have to. Uh, it, it's um, not a duality. You need a certain power in it, mm -hmm. and then and then the Aramanic beings, the Aramanic spirits, can um, develop and change, and also the Luciferic beings can make a development, but. You need the middle, the Christ, the, the middle of Christ energy, of Christ consciousness. So, so is that corresponding a bit to that neutralization of the binary, as I mentioned it? Is, yeah, is I the Christ so. energy probably? That, that, is, that's why I, I bring it. We have yeah. to spoke further of if if we really understand. Uh, I'm not really yeah. sure if I yeah. really understand what you mean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But at least we throw it at our audience and they have to think further as well. And that's good. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we can then in private discuss that any further. What is important Important the spiritual world is uh, is a reality. That means if you have different schools, uh, spiritual schools, uh, they have to speak about the same, and they have to because uh, they speak about the same reality. Right, exactly. You can use different uh, different approaches and different styles, yeah. but um, different levels yeah, of reality. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Well, we could speak at length here still on anthroposophy, for example, on educational systems like the Waldorf schools. We could yeah. speak about agriculture, of course, and the biodynamic yeah. agricultural system, about the social system that the tripartite social system. We unfortunately don't have the time for that here, but I just invite everyone who is interested to, to really have a look at that. It's, 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 it's a fascinating system. Um, And, but now I would like to move in finally into what triggered this interview here today, which is your book, Answering the Call of the Elementals. And maybe at first we should explain that word elementals, because of course the term elementals technically in English can mean two different things, right? Yeah, elemental. Also I speak in the book of elemental beings. That right. means that are beings on the astral and ether uh, plane. Mm -hmm. That means they are organizing ether forces, but they have a consciousness. You also can speak, say, nature spirits to them, elemental beings. And uh, they are normally created by the angels, by the spiritual world. And are then, we? And then are, we have, sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. That's elemental beings and elementals um, are something are the same um, beings on the astral 
plan and the either plan, but created by ourselves with our thinking, our feeling, our willing. Mm-hmm. That, that that's how I use uh, the word elementals. Right, exactly. So elemental is is that second definition, and the other is elemental being, right? And yes, yes. you make a clear distinction on that in the book, actually. But I wanted to make it clear for our audience yeah, as yeah. well. Um, so are the elemental beings what in other systems is called the gnomes and the sylphs and the, and, yeah. and uh, so that's that's those four to related with uh, an element directly linked to the earth or to water element fire element etc right um you just said i think you have to explain that a bit further for those who are not so much aware of that ether plane because the ether uh, plane because Often we hear about three planes only. So it goes directly from the material plane to the astral plane and then to the spiritual plane. But in Anthroposophy and with Steiner, we have that either and in other systems, of course, but he is particularly clear on that. We have, I don't know if the word between, at least systematically, it's correct, but uh, between the material plane and the astral plane, we have that either plane, right? Um, yeah, the eta, uh, right? The eta ebene. Can you expand a bit on that? Explain a little bit on what is the ether plane as opposed to the astral plane? Um, yeah, so in, in China it's called uh, chi, in, in mm-hmm. Japan, uh, ki. Mm-hmm. In, uh, so it, it's, it's really um, uh, about the life, the life no? energy somehow, no? Life energy, yes, 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 life mm-hmm. energy. And uh, everyone, everybody knows it. If you, uh, you everyone knows if, if, if he has energy or not. <laughs> so right. it's pretty simple. And, and, uh, and also in your aura, um, yeah, perhaps uh, uh, we, we, uh, 30 centimeters around, we, that, that is a sphere of our normal either aura. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's uh, we also say um, buildingkraft. Um, it's forcing for forcing power, formating yeah. power. The forming Make, forming power, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Power, forming mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. So and um, but uh, the asteroid plane on the other side, it's not a forming power. It's consciousness. Right. It, it, uh, it it's always consciousness. As, as that is for me the main difference. And the astral plane can theoretically detach from the body at some point in at at sleep maybe or when you do yeah, astral course, traveling etc. But the ether plane will always stay with the body, right? Yes, it should be. Yeah, it should yeah, be. It should, yes. <laughs> so it should be. There's a lot of things possible, but then you uh, get ill. Yeah. So it uh, normally is uh, if if the, if this we, we uh, call it members of the human being, super sensible mm-hmm. members members of the human being, and they if they are not really in uh, in in a good contact, then you get ill. So, so that's the term Wesensglieder, right? That's what yeah, is called in German, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But a uh, Wesenskita is uh, the either body, the astral body, the eyes, yeah. the spiritual bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a, a, a lot of Wesenskita. It's quite yeah. if you do if you do a, um, a spiritual research, it's quite complex. So and if if perhaps um, uh, you are, um, there is a, a problem, um, uh, unsolved trauma, it also it could be on the spiritual 
level, but then it also could be on the astral level, and then you 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 had perhaps you experience fear, and you don't want it to look to the fear because the fear is so strong that you cannot look to it. Right. So, so that's that's a, a trauma, a trauma, 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 yeah. In the uh, astral field, but then it it also it also can then go uh, can make an imprint in the ether body, and then and then the life forces cannot flow. Right. When you have a blockage in your ether body, the life forces cannot flow, and then uh, in the end you can uh, create an illness in the material body, in the physical body. Exactly, exactly. So it works in both ways somehow. Yeah, right? in both ways. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and also, and also, um, if people another experience, so a lot. People who are quite uh, super sensible, who experience a lot, they have normally a, a, a bigger ether body and okay. a bigger astral body. Mm -hmm. and, uh, them, uh, and people who say, no, I don't experience, no, there is nothing. Uh, so the materialistic guy, materialistic people normally have a smaller ether body. Right. But can that within a lifetime, can that be changed? So when you yeah, course, do personal work, you, you, you want to expand your either body, right? Yeah, of course. It, it, yeah. It's an effect of spiritual work. Yeah. And, and, and that they, and because, and, and when the either body is uh, quite close to the physical body, then uh, you have not the possibility to, uh, to get super sensible perceptions. Mm -hmm. Because you need you need uh, you need uh, a fundament in the yeah, ether world or fundament in the astral world without uh, your physical body. So Do you know those people when you when you for example walk in the street or are in a train or in a bus? There are some people who come too close. Yeah. Uh, not because they are bad people, but because you have the impression they don't feel that you are that you are there. Of course, when you touch them, they will feel, but I mean, before you touch yes, them. Yes. Do, uh, do you think that has to do with the etheric body? Yeah, that, um, is that the etheric body of the other you feel or don't feel? Yes, 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 of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. Right. And then, then it, it could be too near. Someone is too near because, yes. because, uh, because you felt uh, uh, overflown from his ether body. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and you want to go step back, but uh, if you are sitting, uh, staying in the train, yeah. it's impossible. It's then not it's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also it's uh, and then it's also possible that you get the mood of other people. Mm -hmm. That is a communication orally with the astral body. If right. you get with, the yeah, feeling. yeah, yeah. Of course, yes, because that's the astral. Of course, yes, yeah. yes. The subtitle of your book is called Practices for Connecting with Nature Spirits. So it's a very practical book, right? Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit about that, um, about your personal experiences? What did happen that you wanted to write that book? And what kind of experiences do you describe and want people to make here? Ooh, a big question. Yeah, we have time. <laughs> so at first, I, I, I grown up uh, with nature science and so on, and and also uh, and uh, I had the longing uh, to to have spiritual experiences, but but there was a gap. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and it was for me a big, uh, a, quite a big step to understand that um, our world, in our world, if, if I look in, in, in my apartment, if I look in, in the garden, on the street, everywhere are elemental beings. You have to understand that elemental beings are not special beings on special places, no. Mm-hmm. Um, if if in, in the world we have always feelings, If I go to a street, I have feeling. If I go to a lake, I have another feeling everywhere. Mm-hmm. And these feelings are part of the world. It's not, these feelings are not our private feelings. That is the main idea. The materialistic uh, ideology, there's feelings are only private, subjective. 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 Yes. yes, objective. And I would say no. The most of our feelings are objective because the world is feeling through me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, uh, if, if I had a flower, I had some uh, certain feelings. If I show this flower to another person, this, you had the same feelings. Why? Because this uh, flower is uh, uh, around the flower are special elemental beings who yes. are yeah. holding this feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, the feelings of the world, uh, that is n- nothing abstract. There are a lot of elemental beings and they are holding the feelings for us. That and is the main idea. And and the entrance point uh, for uh, to go in contact with elemental beings is to deepening your experience of the feelings of a place. Mm-hmm. Meditate it. And, and I mean, of course, you are not here to You're not here to now give a course about that. And yes. People should also get your book and see how they do it. But can you anyway briefly explain a bit the past that you describe, how you start learning about those beings, how you start perceiving? Often, you know, people often think, um, and Rudolf Steiner very clearly says that that is not true. And you mentioned it in the beginning of this talk. Oh, I'm not super sensitive. So I may acknowledge that there is something around me, but I will never be able to see that, right? But that's not true, right? If I get you right, everybody, almost everybody can do that. Uh, So how do they do that? How do you start doing it? Yeah, to be aware about really everything what you experience and to deepening it. Mm -hmm. So if if you um, get, uh, um, uh, if you felt touched by a tree stay and stay with this feeling and deepening. That is the main point, I would say. Uh, no, I know. Not, not think about, no, you have to, you, you have to um, 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 lassen. what is the night, mm-hmm. night to, 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 to make bigger, to make it, yeah, to, to make, let it yeah, make, yeah, make, grow. Make emotions mm-hmm. bigger. And let them grow and inside let of you. Grow, yeah. Let mm-hmm. them grow. Mm-hmm. Because then you, uh, that, that's a way to, uh, to come in contact with the elemental beings mm-hmm. who are holding these emotions. Are we saying that the elemental beings that you talk about also in that book, they are 
in those four groups which are linked each one to one of the basic four elements or is that an other theory yeah, that, that, are, that are the nature being so it's uh, and you okay. can you can uh, it, it's helpful to speak about earth beings water beings fire beings and, right um, um, light and and air beings it's, yeah. it's quite helpful for for the orientation but you have uh, but there um if you speak about um um Earth beings, they are small, small, and they are uh, big uh, beings of a mountain. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a big range. Right. And then you have, and then you have, uh, but also beings. Um, we, we call it Christ elemental beings. It's, it's uh, that uh, it does not really fit to this element. Then, then you have we have also beings, perhaps in in. Um, mystery places uh, who are holding the spiritual energy of the place mm -hmm. it's, a special, it's a special task there are a lot of different other beings can a place in the way you just explained that can a place hold an experience which might be a very negative experience say a place where an accident happened or a murder happened, right? Uh, will that place hold those energies, those elemental beings that were linked to what happened there? And can it be, if that's the case, can it be cleaned? Can it be, um, I don't, maybe maybe healed is a better word yeah, than cleaned. Yeah. Is that possible? Yeah, yeah of course. Of course, but I but I think. Uh, do you hear me? Yes. <laughs> but connection is is bad. Yes, but I I hear you well. Okay. Yes, if some is if there perhaps was a war, and people died, then uh, you have elementals of the of fear and so on of the people. Mm -hmm. And and this uh, this elementals of the victims uh, could stay at the place, and you could feel it, and you could uh, could uh, do a healing work. Um, that these elementals go are going back to the soul, which they um, are at home, which. So, uh, on the then there is so to, also to the person who they originally belonged to, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And mm -hmm. on th that could be one part. Another part could be that nature beings on the place are traumatized, and they mm -hmm. uh, need help to, uh, yeah, to redeem this trauma. Then it could be that uh, perhaps also uh, dead people, which are connected with this happening, are stucking at the place. Then you have to uh, help this. Death, this is dead people. Then mm -hmm. it also could be, and I, and I could speak further. There are a lot of different possibilities by how a place could be um, healed holding that energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I I had a personal experience like that. I lived with my wife for some time in a place where we both slept not very well right um, yeah. and then i checked a bit and i found out that on the very place where there's those 
houses that we lived in were built. It was a place where during the 30 years war, a battle had happened. And okay. probably many people died in that in that close area around it. And so I did some personal work, which was not anthroposophic, but more in my in my way hermetic but in the end we all do the same we just do it by different yeah, yeah, ways I, I think it's it does not really make sense to say uh, i do hermetic work i do shamanic work i do yeah. anthropomorphic work because yeah. in the end it's the same uh, exactly. and and, uh, and everyone who uh, do something is doing something he does on his personal approach and experience and and knowledge yeah, yes yeah. exactly exactly I'm, i'm happy you're saying that um, can you maybe give uh, our audience a little insight in that book? Of course, I don't you want, want you to, to relate that book because people should get it themselves. Yeah. But uh, who is it written for? Who should get it? And, and what can they get from it? What is it teaching those people? Yeah, I, I wrote it in the... Um, as as a, a more, more like a novel, like uh, very lively, very with a lot of personal experiences. Mm -hmm. So uh, so it's not an abstract book, and I and uh, and the idea was to to um, to make it um, concrete uh, this connection with elemental being, so that you could feel it also by reading the book. That, that was a little bit, that was what, what I tried. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I tried to do it also to understand the, uh, what the elemental beings need and right. also what they need from us humans because we, uh, we have um, common development, our, our um, development as human beings and the development of the elemental beings are connected. Um, uh, it's not it's not um, a strange um, a different world from us yeah. over the decades and the thousands of years we are living always together with the elemental beings i think that's a that's a very important and crucial even point that we always not always maybe but many even occultists and people who are doing spiritual work think that we and them right and and yeah. uh, we maybe want to encounter them but it goes both ways right yeah no we, we have the same uh, history yes and the same yeah. needs and the same problems and the same yeah. uh, development mm -hmm. yeah 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 and, and for the elemental beings uh, is quite hard because um um over decades and and thousands of years um we humans live together with them. And there was um, working together, living together. And since yeah, around 200 years in our Western society, uh, the people had gray, gray shadows around them. <laughs> and, and, they, and they stopped to go in contact with the elemental beings. That yeah. is that in, that's, that's materialistic times. And that for the elemental beings, that's a hard experience. Do you personally, I mean, when you read Rudolf Steiner, you see parts of that, but do you personally have an opinion about the further development of, of humanity or the world? We can, cannot speak about humanity alone. We have to speak about the, 
the the the, the whole uh, universe somehow. Um, you said the last two hundred years we, as humans, have gotten that gray, <laughs> the gray thing around us. We don't see the the the, the, the spiritual world anymore. Will that change again or are we on a one-way street or what's your take on that is there a historical development that will be automatic or do we as individuals have to do something about it every day or what's what's your take on that oh gosh i would be happy if i would know it but we have an opinion let's say let's put it that way But I, but I, uh, but I think uh, it will be only uh, things will only happen if we do it. There is no uh, automatic development. We we uh, we we can do that. We can do uh, something. Then the spiritual world is reacting, and if we uh, don't do it, other beings are reacting. And I think, um, yeah. That we, we perhaps we, we have um, a two-stream development. I think uh, uh, as a, a group of people um, will uh, strengthen the spiritual connection, and the other part of humanity will uh, going deeper in this materialistic uh, thing, and they mm. wanted to uh, get. Uh, um, To, to, to get um, a cyborg <laughs> and and uh, this yeah, transhumanistic yeah. uh, um, thing, but, but this transhumanistic ideology have a, a, a gets a, uh, has a great impact. A lot of people really yeah. liked it. Yeah. I don't yeah. understand why, but they really like it. And so I think we have uh, development um, in two streams in the next mm -hmm. time and hopefully it will come uh, at some point it will come together but I cannot say when it will come together yeah and what happens if it does not yeah what happens if you get more and more materialistic in the world what what does the spirit world do then Yes, uh, yeah, that, that's you can know it. It's not the problem because uh, if you go, um, it, it has an impact on your life after death. Mm -hmm. If you um, really uh, deepen your spirit, uh, your materialistic connection, and uh, then you, um, you will not have a normal development in the life after death, you are stucking. So mm -hmm. that that uh, I wrote another book about the effects of spiritual uh, the spiritual effects of the COVID vaccination. Yes, because uh, we discovered that this vaccination uh, could lead to uh, an, an, an uh, horrible stucking in uh, uh, being stuck. What? being stuck in the life mm -hmm. after death, and and mm -hmm. then nothing goes further. And mm -hmm. that is the is end point of the materialistic um, mm -hmm. uh, approach. Yeah, I see and what you mean. People, yeah. and, and then the next question is, uh, could, um, what could the, the souls learn out of it? And uh, what, have, what can we do to help them that they can make a positive development and positive uh, evolution out of it? That's the next question. Yeah. But there are big, quick, big, big questions you mentioned. Yeah, well, yes, of course. Well, uh, we are not going, unfortunately, to to un unlock all the all the questions here. But um, well, Thomas, this was a fascinating talk. I thank you for your time, and and it was wonderful to talk to you about this. Are there any 
plans or anything that's important to you that you would like to to give to our audience before we end our talk here is there anything that that is really important to you that you would like to 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 tell them or maybe you have a project or something you would like to tell us about uh, oh, I have a lot of projects, but but perhaps um, <laughs> an impulse, <laughs> an impulse is um, you could uh, think you could um, um, say hello to the element beings in your apartment mm -hmm. and only do it, and then be aware what is a emotional reaction coming is back from the reaction yeah. is mm -hmm. because normally uh, you think no, there is nobody, but if you say hello, how are you? Uh, it could be that an emotion is coming and they react right. and be right. aware of such small things. Yes, and Thomas is not talking about spiritism, he is talking about spirituality and that's the big difference. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you so much and um, great and uh, uh, it was really great to have you and have a good time and good luck with all your projects. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
Even Star from The Lord of the Rings in an interpretation by Emrel with herself playing the flute, herself singing. And she also did lovely video for that and you should go on YouTube and watch also the video that she produced for it. Okay, so well, that was a bit an exceptional show here today with two interviews intersected, so to speak. I hope you enjoyed that and it wasn't too confusing. And um, it's not going to be the same every time, of course. This was just a one-off and we'll do other pieces about music in other rhythms in the next few weeks and months uh, from time to time. Right, so... I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Emrel. Thanks to Thomas Meyer for being part of the show. And um, I hope to see and hear you again next week. And next week, what are we going to talk going to talk about? Well, something completely different. Silver Age Russian Rosicrucians. Silver Age. Those of you who know a bit about literature maybe know that the Silver Age was the time period in the early, very early 20th century, 1890 to 1920s in Russian literature. And there was a strong Rosicrucian movement and we were going to talk about that. It's hardly known. Um, and there were two or three really interesting authors also, which have recently been republished for the first time in English language. And Charlotte Cowell, who did that, will be our guest. We're going to talk about her work and especially about those Rosicrucians from the early 20th century in St. Petersburg. Well, we'll be lovely to have you back next week. And for the remainder of that week, take care, stay tuned, hear you soon.